Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Johnny, and welcome to episode 27 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. This week, we have the CEO of Chiefs for Men, which is a men's grooming product. Uh, they make shaving cream, which I use. Uh, they use uh, soaps for men, and it's cool because it's an e-commerce brand, uh, and he's able to manage a store while traveling abroad, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we'll get to him in a second, but just want to give you guys a quick update. I'm actually down in Krabi right now. Uh, it's burning season in Chiang Mai for the next few weeks, which is where the farmers, they burn all their fields uh, every year around March. And for two weeks or up to a month, the air quality is terrible. Uh, but what's really nice is you have direct flights from Chiang Mai down to Krabi. And so I'm spending a week with my girlfriend, Larissa, down there. And uh, I'm going to stay for another week afterwards uh, to meet up a couple of buddies, including my cousin who's flying out. Uh, down in Colanta, world class scuba diving, and so keep uh, an eye out if you want to go to this uh, episode show notes. It's travellikeabosspodcast.com, and it's going to be episode twenty seven of the show notes, and there'll be some photos and videos uh, of my travels down in Krabi and Colanta. So without further ado, let's welcome Will Evans. What's up? <laughs> hey, uh, so welcome to the show. Um, really excited to have you on because you're a business owner for a uh, really good brand of uh, men's grooming products, face washes, soaps, um, shaving cream, uh, which I use personally. And you guys, you've been featured in uh, some good magazines, right? Yeah, we've been, we've gotten press, uh, Time Magazine, Uncrate, Gear Patrol, uh, Nylon Magazine, we were just featured in yesterday. Uh, so yeah, we've been featured in a lot of places. That's cool. So from for people that you know, all the people that see your your product line featured in all these great prestigious brands and these magazines, these websites, they probably assume you're a huge company, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what people think, um, but. You know, I think it, it does kind of make a good impression on them. Yeah, and that's fantastic. I mean, the, the website looks great. Um, the products look and work fantastic. And what's really cool about the story is, I mean, it's basically, you know, you're, you could, you, you're running it from a buddy's couch here in Chiang Mai, Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. But that's not how you started it. I mean, where were you when you actually started the business? Um, so I was working at a day job in... Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. I ATL. I, yeah, I was a uh, management consulting, I guess. Okay. Uh, I was more of kind of like a, I guess one of the younger guys in the company. I mostly worked internally, but you know, it was a good experience. I liked it. So it was a, so it was a nine to five job in office setting. Mm -hmm. And did you were you passionate about what you used to do? Um, I don't know if I was really passionate about it. Uh, I think I know what I. I know I wasn't like one of these people that was like, I hate my job, blah, blah, blah. I'm quitting because I hate my job. Um, the reason I just I quit my job really was more because, A, I really wanted to focus on Chiefs more. And B, I was more kind of not passionate about the lifestyle of going to work. And yeah. Going, living for the weekends and stuff like that. It was, you know, once I got in the office, it was fine. There's great people. It's a great experience. It's a great company. But it was just more kind of the lifestyle. Cool. So uh, before we get into the the actual product itself, how you thought of it, how you how you sell it, how you make money from it, mm -hmm. I want to ask you a little bit about your lifestyle. How's that changed since you started the brand? Um, it really hasn't changed too much. Uh, like I said, I I really wouldn't say that I quit my job necessarily. You know, to live this kind of like nine to five travel all the time lifestyle. I just really wanted to hang around more entrepreneurs and less nine to five people. Um, not only in my professional life, but as well as my personal life. And that's that's taken me to places in Asia. Not necessarily, you know, just kind of living um, abroad just to live abroad. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, I really, really like the new friends I've met. I mean, mm -hmm. we actually just met, mm -hmm. what was it, less than two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Here in this house, which we call uh, Project Chiang Mai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so tell everyone about how we met and uh, what's changed since then. Uh, well, yeah, so I guess um, we met at one of our breakfasts, right? Yeah, was that one? Of, it, was, it was just a get-together, I think. Oh, uh, it was a get-together, yeah. So was that uh, Doug and who, who else lives here? Doug and Noah. My friend Doug, Doug and Noah's Noah. place, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And here in Chiang Mai, they rented a house around Niemenhamen, which is mm-hmm. a really cool area, um, about half a block from some of the world's best coffee, which I'm drinking right now. Shout out to Ristretto. Um, I'm drinking one of their quality uh, handcrafted co- coffees. And even though I've had really good coffee in Australia, in, you know, mm-hmm. in LA, in San Francisco, this may be better than that. And it's cheaper. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the guy who owns Ristretto is like world renowned too. Isn't he like trained in Australia as a barista or something? Yeah, I heard they yeah. he's won a lot of competitions worldwide in Australia mm-hmm. and other places. And I mean, I, I literally just got back from San Francisco and LA a few weeks ago and I was at Intelligentsia and some other really high-end coffee places. And, and it wasn't expensive there but because uh, it's just coffee. But these guys, I've seen them draw like these uh, murals of like tigers and lions Oh and yeah, dragons. it's insane. I think he, he last year we were here, he... Put a mural of Santa Claus or something. Yeah, <laughs> they basically say you, yeah. you can have whatever you want. It's yeah. not like the stock flower that you know you get all the time. Yeah, um, and it's the service is so good. The uh, when they were making my coffee, they actually I noticed that they pour a little tiny bit into a, a shot glass, and the barista actually tastes every single glass of coffee that they serve. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, their coffee there is better than anything I've had in the states. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. just a small part of this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning, uh, uh, Doug and Noah hosted, every Friday morning, they host a uh, paleo breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's tell everyone about that. Yeah, so we have a uh, our maid, Anne, who's kind of our, our, our god, our savior, our miracle <laughs> at this house. So she, yeah, she cooks uh, us breakfast uh, every Friday. It's like a paleo breakfast. People are free to come. It costs 100 baht, it's which three is bucks. equivalent of three bucks <laughs> in the States. And it's unlimited coconuts, fruit, eggs, uh just all, all the, all all the paleo of kind of great breakfast. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, for me, it's not really necessarily being the paleo. I'm kind of paleo. Um, yeah. I just, I'm mostly, I just don't try to eat bread and sugar. Yeah. That makes but sense. I mean, for me, it's more just kind of the, the atmosphere meeting yeah. cool people. There's, you know, every time we do this, there's at least 10 to 20 people that show up. And this time there was tons of people. Yeah, there must have been like thirty or forty people here. Yeah, that's because the uh, the DC BKK event was last week. Yeah, that's right. It was last week in Bangkok. Yeah, so it was, was kind of nice. It was a big uh, entrepreneur event uh, put on by uh, the Dynamite Circle, which is um, it's like a mastermind. Mastermind yeah, group. Yeah, I guess that would be the best way to describe that. No, I don't really know the best way to describe it to non-entrepreneurial types because whenever I do that, people are just kind of like, like what? what? What is yeah. that? Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's just kind of like an online forum where 20 to 30 something kind of bootstrapping hustling online entrepreneurs can kind of meet and communicate yeah i've met uh, a lot of the people now especially here in chiang mai and i'm friends with a lot of people so everyone just assumes i'm part of it uh the only reason why i haven't joined is they rejected my application they said that uh johnny you don't know crap about internet they rejected your application <laughs> really nah, um I, I think the only reason why I'm not part of it is because I already know half the people, and right now I'm, I'm focusing on a couple things. And by def, you know what? Especially after today, I'm like, you know what? There's absolutely no reason for me not to join. Um, it's not something for people brand new just getting started. You know, there's application process where you want they want to make sure that you're already making money online. You already have some value to bring. It's not somewhere to go uh, sell your product like the Warrior Forums. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, so yeah, so big shout out to the guys over at Tropical MBA. Uh, Sorry for uh, my logo looking a little bit similar to yours. I, I sent, <laughs> I got my logo made at the um, on Fiverr, and I, I sent them three logos of different uh, different podcasts that I liked, and I said, "Hey, can you you know use this as an idea?" You know, and he sends me back one that's actually he actually the first draft was the exact same color even as um as the Tropical NBA guys. I was like, "Dude, we can't use this. Can you can you change the logo? Can you at least change the colors or something?" <laughs> So, uh, my bad, but big shout out to you guys. You guys were a big inspiration. Um, so, let's talk a little bit more about the actual lifestyle of traveling. Um, what, what are you actually doing here in Chiang Mai? Uh, yeah, so I mostly just kind of work, I mean, in, I guess, design products, write copywriting, uh, communicate with vendors, manage some of my employees. Um, that's mostly kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis. That's cool that you can yeah. do that from your laptop anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you here and not back in the ATL? Uh, I don't know. I think that, like I said earlier, um, so I grew up in Atlanta my whole life, uh, and sometimes it's kind of hard to separate yourself from uh, that nine to five kind of lifestyle there. Um, you know, people like to go out and drink all the time. They like to play like football and watch football, and it takes over the whole weekend. And 
And, you know, I've learned that, like, it's just really hard to do that and grow a business at the same time. Like, you're already kind of living, it's already abnormal enough to grow a business. You already have to defy the odds. You already have to separate yourself enough from being normal just to, just to have a business that will stay in business. So if you surround yourself with like-minded people who are living kind of like-minded lifestyles, um, that can really, I guess, kind of increase your odds of, of, of business success. And, and like to me, it's not really whether I'm in Thailand or I'm in Texas or I'm in you know Sweden, wherever it may be. I just want to be around like-minded people. Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, my original plan is actually to go to Saigon uh, in February or for April, mm-hmm. uh, just because there's tons of other like-minded people there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, yeah, I'm just gonna go anyways because I've never been. Um, but when it comes down to it, my travel plans are partly, you know places I want to go and I've never been before Mm -hmm. but a lot of it has to do with who's going to be there at the time Uh, and I have you know really cool circle friends I've met out here and I I honestly believe that for the next I mean possibly for the rest of my life at least you know for the next couple years that's really going to dictate where I'm going to spend my time Uh, because as much as I like Chiang Mai if all my friends my close circle uh, moves out to Cambodia or Hawaii I'll be like all right well I guess I'm going out to Hawaii yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the, the reasons I came back here. I knew a lot of the people, including Doug and Noah. And I mean, there's probably like 20 people I can name right now that I've known that I yeah. met last year who kind of, you know, similar mindsets. And that's a main reason why I'm here. Yeah, and that's really cool that um, everyone has a different set of skills. Like Doug is the WordPress expert. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped me make one of my WordPress blogs into um, responsive and just super easy to use. And, you know, so if anyone needs a WordPress expert, just leave a comment and I'll send you uh, Doug's way. EfficientWP.com. All right, nice. Um, (laughs) And, you know, just, I mean, today in in itself, I met five different entrepreneurs that, you know, have five different uh, skill sets. Uh, I met a guy uh, named Alex uh, a few weeks ago that does uh, Google POA, the product listing ads. Yeah. And he's an expert on that. And, Mm -hmm. dude, just out of, you know, just for free, out of the the kindness of his heart, he was like, hey, you know, um, let me take a look at it and I'll give you some tips. Never ask yeah. for a dime, never ask for any money. And these are the type of people we meet out here, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they, a lot of these people too understand. I think some of the people I've met out here, especially, uh, you know, I think there's different sex to entrepreneurship. I, when I was back home in the States, definitely, especially in the Atlanta, kind of the Atlanta startup scene and a lot of these kind of startup scenes, you know, um, it's more of like a take, take, take mentality. Let's, set up this company to get acquired or, you know, let's have an IPO, even though that sounds almost (laughs) ridiculous to even talk about that with a startup, you know. Um, But here people are more like give. They understand if I give value and if I help someone out first, then, you know, that will help, you know, propel my business eventually as well. I think a lot of people don't even think about it propelling Mm -hmm. their business. Like like for me personally, I just enjoy helping other people out, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think part of it is because so many people have helped me out on my journey. I mean, I really didn't know that much about internet business mm-hmm. until very recently. And it's because I met cool people who were like, oh, no, no, just do it this way. Or let me help you with this. Now I just want to give back. And part of learning and growing is teaching others. And if you can teach others, it really makes you master the skill yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you can, I guess it's one thing to be able to kind of rationalize a skill and be able to kind of do it yourself but if you can teach other people how to do it because you know people learn a million different ways you know so if you can do that then you really truly have it can help you definitely master a certain skill i think that's why a lot of people have been enjoying this this podcast a lot already is because i really like interviewing people and finding out how they just started out um and hearing the success stories and so i definitely want to get that um out of you um how did you get started with, with chiefs yeah so well i mean there's a lot of different reasons Um, like my background was mainly websites. I think I started, I built my first website in college and then I, you know, I think I somehow convinced someone to pay me for a website not too soon (laughs) after that. And I didn't realize it then, but you know, uh, now looking back on it, that was probably like my first foray into becoming an entrepreneur, you know? So, I mean, you definitely are an entrepreneur. I mean, it's funny that, you know, you, you just use air quotes, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but you have a legitimate business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. And it's, it's easy sometimes for us to kind of underplay, uh, 
our businesses because you know we have such low overhead. We don't, you know, we're not sitting in a in a forty story office building with forty employees. Um, but at the end of the day, there's there's no difference between your brand of face wash and something that you can find at at Ralph's or whatever. In fact, yours is better. It's just that you have much lower overhead than these guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, with the men's grooming market and you know, consumer packaged goods, cosmetics, whatever kind of vertical it falls into. It is very, very competitive. You know, obviously you're competing with, uh, you know, the, the people at the real top, like Procter & Gamble and Unilever, who have, you know, multi-million, some of them billion-dollar brands across the world. Um, but, you know, you got to find creative ways to compete. You know, to me, being in that large market means there's, there's more of a bigger opportunity. To yeah, kind of succeed. That's yeah. definitely true. I mean, so there's pros and cons of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people like to start super niche mm-hmm. because, you know, there's less competition. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes you hit a ceiling and there's not enough to grow. But with a product like yours, it's, the, I mean, the growth is really unlimited. Yeah, I think, you know, we started out niche. So our face wash is, you know, energizing. And so we built the kind of the line out like that. Um, but, you know, I realized that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's too niche, you know. Um, and that shouldn't prohibit you from just jumping in because a lot of times you won't figure out really where you need to go next until you're already in the game kind of working at it. Um, I absolutely agree yeah. with that. I mean, in fact, the last time we hung out, which was 10 days ago, I believe, <laughs> I didn't even have the idea to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, what, eight this is, episodes in? This is episode eight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could hustle as hard as you guys. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, what it is is, uh, okay, so, so the way this actually started was uh, 10 days ago, I was sitting in this exact same house mm-hmm. and Terry Lynn, uh, mm-hmm. who's the uh, who's the guy behind the Build My Online Business Yeah, he's had a lot podcast. of success. Yeah, yeah and um, I was listening to his podcast for a while, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it, and I met him um, at a one of these get-togethers out here in Chiang Mai, these entrepreneur get-togethers, mm-hmm. uh, which was at Bryce's house. Were you there that day? I'm not sure. I don't know. He, this yeah. guy has a Thai penthouse. Uh, you walk in, there's a koi pond inside of his apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how can you forget that? that? Was, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we met, and uh, he was like, hey, um, would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And I was like, yeah, like, sure, I guess. And prior to that point, I never really had any experience uh, with podcasts at all besides uh, listening to them. And I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. And he sat down. We did an interview uh, just right upstairs from here. And afterwards, I was like, oh, that was pretty easy. Is, is that all it takes is a microphone, a laptop, and a piece of free software? And he's like, yeah. So I think after that, I decided, hey, I meet tons of interesting people while traveling just right here in Chiang Mai. Even if I never leave the city, I meet so many entrepreneurs from everywhere in the world. Why not sit down and just talk to them for an hour and see what kind of knowledge they have to share with everyone? And from that day, I just, you know, I basically just let my other, my e-commerce businesses run on autopilot, still been making sales. Um, And I think that's what's really good about having a business like that is I focused 100% of my, my time and effort on this new podcast, uh, which I, it's not even a way to make money. It's just something I enjoy doing. And I'm still, I'm making money through my e-commerce business, just letting it sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, whatever, whatever passion you have, whatever idea you have, just start it. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, just throw something up. Like, there's going to be tons of changes to this podcast as it goes. I'm, I'm sure we'll, uh, I'll figure things out. Like I, I'm going to change the header, which looks a little bit um, like something out of GeoCities right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our new website yeah. at uh, geocities.com uh, slash Hollywood slash park slash 1186 slash index dot HTML. Oh, man. Yeah, but I think you bring up a good point to just get started. Um, I was talking to Noah, my roommate, the other day uh, about um, there's a great uh, podcast out there called The Marketing Show by Clay Collins. You know, he's pretty well known. Um, He's also, I guess he owns a couple software applications, Lead Player, um, I think is one, Lead Pages is the other. Uh, But yeah, he was talking about how a lot of people get stuck. They get stuck on logos, they get stuck on stuff like that. So when people land on the Chief site, they're like, wow, this site looks great. Yeah, it does. And I think if I had to look, take it back a step, you know, I would say I would have just gotten started earlier. Like I, I was definitely the guy spending time like tweaking logos and stuff like that. But if you look at some of the biggest brands, uh, per what Clay was saying, uh, Facebook and Google 
Time Magazine, you know, these are just fonts. They're just yeah. fonts, you know? That's yeah, true. If you go on Berkshire Hathaway's uh, website, I think we were talking about this today, which is, you know, Warren Buffett's company. Go on Berkshire's Hathaway's site, okay? It literally is HTML from the 90s with like a cheesy guy for that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I think the most important thing is, is like you said, you know, kind of figure out a goal of what you want for, you know, with your project, whether it's a podcast or an ebook or a, or a, you know, some, any type of product, you know, I recommend uh, a product that you can sell for cash, <laughs> but, uh, cash money, cash money, but, uh, yeah, figure out a goal and just get it up and start testing it. Start, you know, testing that marketing funnel. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, what, one really way, good way to get into making money online or e-commerce is start with something like drop shipping where you don't have any inventory. You're not, you know, going through the six month process of getting something made in China mm -hmm. and shipped over, uh, just sell someone else's yeah. brand that already is established. You know, people want, and once you build up that sales funnel and you build up the website, all you have to do is just make your own product. Like you get a private label product made, uh, and you already have everything else in place. Yeah. And I highly recommend that. That's, that's another thing that I wish I would have done beforehand. Uh, before I started this, I wish I would have gone and leveraged other platforms like an Amazon or an eBay, figure out, you know, what, what sells, what doesn't sell, the products that do sell, what are the customer's pain points, what do they like, what do they not like, you know, what do you wish you could innovate from that product, you know, and then yeah, just, I mean, it depends on the product, obviously, uh, but yeah, then go to like a private labeler or a contract manufacturer or somebody um, and make a custom product, and by that point, you probably already have some cash flow too, so you don't need to go out and yeah. get debt or something not, like yeah, that. Yeah, not only do you have cash flow, you have you have traffic, you have uh, proven revenue, mm -hmm. um, so if you did need to get a loan, you could because you have proven revenue, mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it just makes life so much easier than taking that big risk yourself. And it's something that you can do while making money. Like, for example, my e-commerce dropship business, if I ever wanted to, I can easily uh, private label something from China uh, with my own brand. Mm -hmm. And I can increase my margins by a lot. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I'm not doing it is I, I value my time and freedom more than I do extra money. Yeah. So at least for now, I don't want to have to deal with a warehouse uh, or fulfillment center uh, and ordering products. I'd rather just sell other people's products and have them drop ship it directly yeah. for me. You bring up a good point. I found that, you know, I found that fulfillment is actually not, I mean, obviously starting off fulfilling your own product is a headache, but you know, once you outsource it, it can be quite painless. Uh, but I think you brought up a, a good point that's, that was said that like, as far as making a product you know and like the products we're making at chiefs are not incredibly complex you know it's not, not nearly as complex as some of these products you might need to get made in china you know and so there's just so many little details where it could go wrong um and like something as silly as like you know we got the product made we got the packaging right we got the design for the label right but then we can't find that one vendor to put the labels on the package so we can sh then sh ship it to the fulfillment house i mean these these type of problems are definitely the cons of you know having your own product and private labeling it as opposed to just drop shipping or something like that. So is it, I mean, are you the only one behind this, this brand and the, this company or do you have other people that, that help? Well, you know, I'm pretty much the only person behind it. I mean, I have, you know, some employees and I have some, uh, you know, contractors that help us out. Like our fulfillment house would be one. Uh, but you know, for the most part, I'm pretty much the only principal in the company. So when you were first starting out, were you setting out the products yourself or did you always start with Fulfillment House? Uh, no, I started out doing it myself. Just kind of, we just launched and, you know, I launched out of my apartment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, or a house or my room in this house I share with a few buddies. Uh, but, uh, you know, we made it through our first Christmas. Like the, the business broke even. Let's see, I launched Chiefs in October, 2011, I think. And, you know, we made it through that Christmas and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, the holiday season just swamped us. Yeah, but I was going to the post office every day or every other day and dropping stuff off. And then it was that January, like January 2nd. Literally, I picked up the phone and started calling fulfillment <laughs> houses. Yeah. But I bet you the the very first couple orders you got, you're excited to go down to the post office. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely that rush. Like when you first make like money online, um, that was, you know, it's something I've almost forgot at this point, yeah. you know, but it was something that was, you know, very exhilarating. Well, well what's crazy is all I really need to do is to fulfill my products is I get an email saying, hey, you made a new sale. And all I have to do is forward that to 
my, my dealer um, and I just copy and paste. I don't even really write anything. Sometimes I'll, I'll write something nice like, hey, good morning or hope you had a good weekend. Yeah. Here's a new order. But really all it is is copy and pasting two or three things. Um, and then I update my accounting. I have like a Google Drive Excel spreadsheet. I just put that in, see how much money I made from that product. And that's it. I mean, it gets sent out by the manufacturer via dropship. Um, when the when the item ships out, we get a tracking number that's, that's sent over. I forward that over. And, you know, it realistically takes me maybe one or two minutes of my time per order. Uh, and I used to be so excited every time I got a new order. I would, like, I would be ecstatic. Uh, now, because it happens every day, sometimes a couple times a day, I'm just like, uh, I got to forward this email yeah. again. And I'm actually thinking about outsourcing that part of it now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a clear sign that you need to outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely done, I've definitely been there. Um, you know, I think that anything that, and it's tough to, to figure out what to outsource and what to not outsource when you're a small company with, you know, the tight cash flow. but anything that's making you money, you know, you need to find ways to outsource. And you know that, like you said, it takes you a couple minutes you know, just go get a VA or something, you know, get them a few scripts, get them up, set up on like canned responses in Gmail or something like that. And yeah. She'll train her. She'll be trained in like a, an hour. Yeah. Probably easy. Less. Yeah. I mean, the, and the easiest way to, you know, to basically outsource these remedial tasks is mm-hmm. to do a screenshot, screen capture of you doing it a few times. Oh yeah, definitely. And just send them this video. Easy. I mean, yeah. what I really like about Max is I remember, you know, Googling um, screen recording software, mm-hmm. and then I saw a thread that said you don't need to download anything; just use QuickTime that's built in. Um, and there's a built-in uh, video recording, screen recording, and audio recording. Actually, this whole podcast is recorded on QuickTime audio recorder, which is built-in. It's free. Wow, I had no idea that QuickTime could actually take screencasts. Yeah, they can do everything, yeah. and it's crazy because QuickTime is not very good when you're using Windows. It's like this, no. you know, I used to hate it thinking, oh yeah. man, I don't want to download QuickTime. But when it's actually on a Mac and it's native platform, it, it works super good. Yeah, definitely. Most of the Mac, yeah, I'm a big Mac fan, but you know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. No idea that you could do that. Well, and yeah, <laughs> I normally just use like Jing or screen, uh, what screen flow. Yeah. What's this? I think that's a little bit more of an advanced product. Well, but, yeah, here's the thing is yeah. like, I, I used to be all about new software technology, but mm-hmm. now I want everything as simple as possible. All the videos I edit are on iMovie, which is free mm-hmm. included. Um, I edit every all my podcasts in Audacity, which is free. I mean, literally, the only thing I paid for was this mic. Um, and I mean, life life is. I mean, and all, all my spreadsheets and everything are on Google Drive, which I ha- highly recommend. Um, everything is just so simple now. I use Shopify for my back end, which I know you use as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know, you know, you kind of outgrown Shopify, especially with some of the the themes. Um, but was it easy to get started with it? Yeah, it's really easy. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm ups and downs with Shopify. First off, there's never going to be a perfect tool. You know, I think Shopify on the back end is amazing. It can do a lot. It looks slick. You can set like permission settings. So if you want in a developer to go in there, but not get access to like your order information, your customer information, you can do that. Um, you can set up like uh, shopping cart abandonment emails. Um, you can set up all sorts of easy templates that you can make in HTML as far as what the customer sees after the sale or, you know, or when they get a shipping confirmation or something like that. Um, my only real problem with, with Shopify is is that I grew up on WordPress. That's where I cut my teeth. And as far as styling a website and as far as the plugin library, uh, you just can't beat WordPress. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially yeah. for a product like yours where it's not like you have 50 products or 100 products. You have three, four, five products. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it has to do with more with design and, and flow and, and that feel. Um, for the reason why Shopify works really well for my products is I have 100 products uh, and I want to be able to track it, all the reporting in the back end. I want to be able to add um, and remove products you know, on the fly easily. And so... For e-commerce stores, I highly recommend Shopify. Uh, for a product that has, you know, one option or two options, I I, I think WordPress might be the, a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you're just starting out, you know, like I said, I spent way too much time like pros and cons of each tool, and I think you, it's important to think about a platform that'll scale. But like I said, if I just, you know, just do it all over again, I would just set up a, a worked on a platform I'm comfortable in, like WordPress, and just 
hyperlink the buy now button to a PayPal page. <laughs> you know, it. it could be that ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is by doing that, I mean, maybe you're not going to get the best conversion rate or maybe mm-hmm. you're going to have some problems because some people don't like using PayPal, mm-hmm. but it'd be 1 million times better than you not having your site live. Yeah. I mean, we, st- I still do that actually. Like sometimes we run like complicated promotions where we're like mixing and matching products and it's kind of hard. You could probably set it up in, in Shopify, but it wouldn't necessarily carry over to our fulfillment house. And I'm just like, you know what, what we'll do instead of sitting here and like having to go out and get a developer to do this, just write the sales page, hyperlink the buy now button to a PayPal page, and then just manually enter the orders with our fulfillment house. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like I said, if it makes money and it's working, then you can go out and get the custom development and stuff like that. That is dope, dude. I really like that, man. Um, so the next thing I want to talk to you about is... So what I'm going to ask you about is uh, what, what your future plans are with not only the business, but where do you plan on moving to, um, just kind of in general? Yeah, so uh, this is kind of a good and bad problem to have. A lot of times I don't know where I'm going to be next. Uh, I got to go back to, I'm from, like I said, the Atlanta. I got to go back to Atlanta uh, for a wedding and over the holidays I'll be there. Um, so, you know, maybe back to Asia, maybe in the States, maybe South America. I don't know. We're, you know, the nice thing about Chiefs that we didn't really talk about too is we have a pretty big wholesale business. We're in over a hundred stores in the States and sometimes, you know, I have to be on location and stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, I kind of always got to kind of be in and out of the States with this company. But, um, you know, I don't really, like I said, I don't really mind America. I'm not one of these guys that's like, you know, screw America, you know. Like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, um, you know, Chiang Mai for the next month and back to the States for me. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I didn't realize you, you were actually in big box retailers. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for the people in the U.S., if they wanted to pick up some Chiefs, where, where can they get it? Well, uh, you can buy it from our website. Um, that's probably the fastest way. Our shipping is lightning fast. Um, we ship it out in New York, but if you're in San Francisco per se, we can get it to you within three to four days. Okay. Um, but you can also, we're nationwide with a company called West Elm. Um, we also work with some other great sites that you might have heard of, like manpacks.com, groominglounge.com. Um, there's a few more, but you know, those three or four places you'll be able to find Chiefs. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I've been using the shaving cream and I, I actually really enjoy it. Um, so, for those who don't know, there's a, a big kind of almost like a community of people who like traditional shaving methods. Uh, we're talking about nice lathery uh, shave cream, you know, badger hair brushes and uh, either straight or double edged safety razors. And ever since I started using a safety razor, which is a just it just uses a traditional blade. Um, I, I, ne- I would never, ever, ever go back to a Gillette again. I mean, to me, having a Gillette Mach 3 or whatever the new ones are, the, the new Fusions, they're ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> they're, first, they're so expensive to replace the cartridges. Mm-hmm. Um, I've literally spent $10 in cartridges in the past five or six, maybe even seven years. I, I bought a hundred pack of uh, double-edged blades and each one lasts me at least a week. Uh, and I just, ne- I've never gone through it. I mean, cause that's 500 blades for 10, like I think it was 10 or $15 or something. Yeah. Um, and they really do kind of give you a close shave, a too. really close, yeah. great shave. And what's really cool is it's just this, you know, this metal contraction that will never break on me. I'm not using this, you know, plastic thing. That's going to, I'm going to break in my luggage. Um, and I have an, I can have a new blade every day almost, um, that combined with, you know, good shaving cream. Um, right now I'm not using a, I'm not using a brush just cause I, I didn't pack one with me. So I just grab, you know, like little, a little pea sized amount of the shave cream, lather it up with some water. Um, usually after a shower that works best and I get some of the best shaves in my life. Yeah, it's good. You know, the, the shaving cream we launched in, let's see, when did I launch that thing? I, I think it's not even a year old. It's, it's done pretty good for us. Yeah. A lot of people like it. Yeah. So what is it about your, your products that, that people really like? Yeah. So, um, you know, this is, this is an involving topic (laughs) and I think that's true for any business. You know, you should always be on the heartbeat of kind of what people like because it changes, you know? And, um, two years ago when I started this, I thought people would really like the benefit or the features of the product. And that is true, but you know, I didn't necessarily know what it was. So when we first started, it was more like energize, wake you up, stuff like that. Um, but now as we grow, I'm finding more and more customers just really like good smelling products. 
it's really that sim simple. We did some surveying about a month ago and like the two words that kept popping up over and over and over again, and we didn't even mention these words in the survey, <laughs> was the smell and the scent, the smell and the scent. Um, so that's kind of where we're going to focus our attention on. You know, we'll do some other things too. You know, we'll always continue to have free shipping, have a great return policy. We use natural ingredients, but you know, if we can make products that smell really, really good, yeah, I think we'll, we'll go far with that. And importantly, they smell like a man. Smell like a man too. Um, yeah. So I used to use, so when I lived with my girlfriend, she had her, you know, girl brand of, um, of shaved cream that she used like for her legs and whatever else she shaved. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed about it was for whatever reason that those cans would last four times longer than a comparable brand for, for men's. And I think it's because girls just have to use so much more that they pack more in there. So, you know, when I used to shower at her place, uh, I didn't really mind using hers because it was just there. Mm -hmm. But then one day I had this stupid idea to buy, you know, women's uh, shave cream for my, for my primary use just because it lasts longer. I thought it was a better value. But I was using it at my house when I wasn't uh, dating her anymore. And I just felt really awkward smelling that, you know, that female scent. And I hated it. I actually threw that that can away. Um, and then I switched over to a, a manlier scent. And it just made me feel, I don't know, it just, it, it just made me feel like, hey, you know, this is what I should be using. Well, that's definitely like what I've been seeing in the, in the grooming market. First off, there's, you know... The, the, the difference between the women's cosmetic market and the men's cosmetic market is just massive. I, I don't like to refer to my products as cosmetics, but technically they do fall in, into that. I mean, there's just so many women's products out there. You walk into Target, you go down the women's aisle, and there's like 10 aisles dedicated to makeup and body wash and conditioner and stuff like that. You walk down the men's aisle, and it's just like one aisle, you know? Yeah. Um, it's growing, though. It's growing, and more and more guys are becoming conscious um, about grooming products. They're dabbling into more kind of premium products. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're definitely trying to tap into that and, to, you know, kind of expand our line around that. Yeah, that's cool. And I, especially, I think that, you know, once you get a guy that likes your, your brand, mm -hmm. you can just keep using it forever. Yeah, oh, yeah you, you would think that. You would yeah? think that. Okay. It's not always like that. Um, you know, uh, I think one of the, this, this is one of the cons of, of starting a business like Chiefs in a very competitive market. It's now, you know, there's so many options out there and we're never going to be able to compete on price either. I don't, I don't want to compete on price, but, but you know, you're never going to be able to beat Procter and Gamble, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I used to, you know, I used to not mind buying these, these big box things just because mm -hmm. they were, they're convenient and they're yeah. cheap. Mm -hmm. But now I, you know, especially a little thing of shaving cream lasts forever. Like that little thing of uh, shaving cream I have from you guys, I've been using it for the last couple of weeks and it looks like it's still full because yeah. every time I use it, I use such a small amount. I mean, it, it'll probably last me months. Yeah. It, it lasts for a while. You know, we do use more premium ingredients than them. Um, and we offer, you know, obviously better, better terms on shipping and, you know, our, our guarantee as opposed to if you were to just go, first off, you can't even buy like, Old Spice products, I don't think, online or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think you'd have to go to like a Walmart you know or a Target or something. Nowadays, I hate going to stores to buy anything. I'd, I'd rather just order everything online. And instead of ordering it on Amazon, I'd, I'd rather just order directly from the manufacturer. So that's cool. Um, so let's get back to actual the business side of it. So the people listening to this that are thinking about starting their own brand of anything, mm -hmm. um, I personally would never ever get into this market because I know how competitive it is. I know how hard it is to to build a brand. I mean, this is basically a lifelong project. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like a it's not like a fly by night thing. You could just say, oh, let me just make some men's grooming products. You know, put up some Google ads for it and, and make money. This is you know, it takes a lot of branding to yeah. To get this. I mean, I would you know, if you're going by like some of these things these guys talk about, like starting a niche business, you know, stuff like that. There's definitely way better businesses you can start with way better margins and stuff like that but you know i never started it with that kind of mindset i started it more kind of like a a long-term kind of approach yeah that's my what i like about that is you know a lot of people in that they're getting to internet marketing or you know researching how to make money online mm -hmm. they're thinking really short term mm -hmm. um you know i meet guys that you know, asking, they're like, hey, you know, have you ever, have you ever researched Black Hat, bro? And I'm like, why would you? I mean, it's such a waste of your time. Yeah. Like, cause you, let's say you spend a few months learning this method that you, you trick um, people into clicking your ads or like, yeah, and you make some money, you know, real quick. What's the point of that? Because 
you're not really doing the world a favor. You're kind of just, you know, just trying to, get, you know, scrounge some money together. And two months later, Google is going to ch you have an up another update uh, and you don't have to start all over again. So instead of, tr you know, trying to find these like shortcuts to make a little bit of money, why not just do it the correct way and make money for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. So, I mean, like we're number one on as far as energizing on Google and I didn't do a thing. I didn't hire SEO developer. I don't think about anything with regards to SEO. Now that's kind of, you know, has to do with our niche. You know, we're not as like, I'm not in some of these more like extremely competitive niches, uh, online per se, offline, obviously this is really competitive. Uh, but you know, it's, it's nice to be able to just not even have to worry about that. You know, Oh, Panda's coming, you know, <laughs> like, am I going to lose all my revenue? You know? Yeah. Cause the end of the day, if you have a, a legitimate product that people like, people will talk about it. They'll recommend it. I mean, there's definitely things you can do. Uh, I don't know if you do, do these things already, but you know, like hire someone, a guest blog, um, for men's, uh, magazines or like, or blogs to do with fashion or just kind of, you know, and have them write up product reviews on, on your stuff. Um, and you know, you, you get a backlink from different blogs. Um, you get a bigger reader base. I mean, so there's definitely ways like that where you can, you know, you can kind of have more, more availability in, uh, in Google and, and searches. Uh, but at the same time, those are, you know, kind of very legitimate white hat ways to get traffic. Yeah. We do pretty much everything white hat. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's some offline marketing and some online marketing. I'm mostly focusing on the customer I already have. Um, I think that's a lot of people kind of forget about that. You know, they think about, oh, I gotta, you know, do all this pay-per-click. I gotta do all this, you know, um, SEO stuff to just keep on acquiring and acquiring and acquiring and acquiring customers. And what they don't realize is that, that a lot of times the easiest way is to just market to the customer you already have. Yeah. Cause it's expensive yeah. to get new customers, but it's yeah. very easy to get customers to reorder. Yeah. It's really, you know, it's the worst way to grow a business is to try to get new customers every day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if getting that first customer, it's often you spend 100% of, of your profit from that first sale, just acquiring that customer. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can get them to reorder, especially something like this, where they have to, may have to reorder once a month uh, or once every two months, that second, third, fourth, fifth time they reorder, that's all, that's basically all profit because you're not spending money to, to advertise to them. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the cosmetics, you know, in any, pretty much any cosmetic, assuming it doesn't have like some rare, you know, tropical plant from like the Amazon or something that you have to use. A lot of them are, are pretty, you know, they're not too expensive to make, you know? Uh, so you, there's a lot of margin in there to do marketing and stuff like that. Well, a lot of that's kind of like, let's mm -hmm. say like pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. they spend millions of dollars initially researching, you know, developing it. But once they make it, it's, you know, it, to actually produce the pills costs almost nothing. Yeah. Well, it also comes back to kind of lifetime value of a customer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if I get this customer to reorder the product two or three times. And the thing is, because it's actually a good product, why wouldn't they reorder? It's not like you're, you know, you have to even market hard to them. You just, mm -hmm. you know, basically say, Hey, do you want, do you need some more? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you can do, yeah. I mean, we certainly do that. But I mean, like I said, it is really competitive. And now like, um, there's a, this kind of booming kind of market where, uh, you know, men are starting to come a lot more conscious about, you know, grooming products. So there's a lot more kind of grooming products starting up. I, I find a new competitor every day, pretty much. That's the same. So what do yeah. you do about finding new competitors? Well, I, you know, so one of the big things I'm big on now is Instagram. Um, I think it's great for brands like chiefs. If you are a consumer facing brand, you need to be on Instagram. Um, you know, it's just great to kind of, you know, engage with your customers and it's a great way to kind of keep a heartbeat on your market too. Probably even better. That's probably the best way I found now to kind of keep in touch with kind of what the market's doing. Um, so a lot of my stores that I do business with, you know, they do business with other grooming companies, new grooming companies and stuff like that. And so it's kind of great to kind of see what people are liking, people are commenting on. Um, so that's one thing I'm, I'm kind of big on. Uh, you know, like I said, with these platforms like Etsy and Shopify, and it's just like anybody can start like a business now, which is good and bad. Um, but I mean, like, so literally we can go in the backyard right now and, you know, halfway hack together some grooming product, put a <laughs> label on it and sell it on Etsy tonight. You know, now I'm not saying like directly we're losing competition from Etsy, but the market does become a little bit more saturated when you have, you know, 
when it's just the barriers to entry are a lot lower. I mean, it's just kind of basic economics, you know? So um, let's say you're going to start all over. You weren't going to do men's grooming products at all, and you're going to pick a completely different niche industry. What would you, what would you do? Um, I would focus on something with like a really, really painful problem where you can get somebody on a recurring revenue plan and, you know, maybe not even physical products. So like, what are some examples of that? (laughs) Oh man, I wish I knew. Um, (laughs) but you know, like software has always, you know, um, I've always been intrigued by starting a software business. Um, you know, I mean, there's definitely cons to doing that. I'm not really a developer. Um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, technical with, with a lot of things, but, you know, I can't just fire up a, a web app in Ruby on Rails right now. Um, so that's something that intrigues me. Um, I've always been kind of intrigued by consulting. I know a lot of people say, like, don't, you know, don't do consulting. You can't sell a consulting business for millions and millions of dollars, you know. But, I mean, you know, if you go look at something, it's Censure, billion-dollar company, you know, Deloitte, some of these consulting companies. But, you know, I would be inclined to look at uh, maybe a consulting business where you can set up some sort of recurring revenue type uh, platform. I think that would be the easiest probable way to get in with something like that because you don't have to go and build a software application. You don't have to go and build a product, you know? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, for me, if I was going to start all over, I'd probably probably do what we were talking about earlier, just find... Whatever product you think you want to sell, mm-hmm. see if someone's already making that, and maybe you could just drop shit for them. Well, that's another. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about consumer products, I think that's a great way. You know, if, if you want to do anything in consumer products, like supplements or cosmetics, or or even like I just want to, like I met a guy today who sells toys online. Mm-hmm. You know, million dollar Amazon business that sells toys. You know, or I want to sell like outdoor goods. You know, I would go on. You know, I would start my own brand on Amazon, but have the mindset. Or not my own brand, but my own store, but have the mindset that, you know, eventually I'm going to start my own kind of brand and pivot away. But if you leverage another platform first, you get to see kind of what sells, yeah. what doesn't sell, you know, what, what a customer would have problems with, you know, um, do we need to do free shipping if we have them pay for shipping, you know? So you can do all these little mini tests on, on a product that's not yours and you don't, you know, lose your lunch over it. Yeah. Another way to do it is you could private label something. Um, so um, I, I don't talk about this much, uh, but one day I was a few years ago, I was sitting on a plane next to some guy and, you know, general chit chat. I'm like, Hey, what do you do? for work and he says he works for a private label a fragrance company mm-hmm. and I was really interested so I asked I started picking his brain about it and he thought I was just being polite so he wasn't you know he didn't uh, he was he didn't think I was actually going to jump on it but by the time the plane landed and this is just to, from LA to New York I had decided to start a men's cologne company. That's right. You told me. <laughs> and just like your podcast, you got it going right away. Yeah, right and away. You started making cash. Yeah. I, f- <laughs> I found a, uh, a place that would private label uh, my scent, bottle it, label it, uh, package it. And the minimum order was 100 bottles. Yeah. So, you know, I said, okay. And, you know, the the cost price was, was relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically just... Put, put up a site. It was just a HTML site that looked like I made it in Notepad. It was one it was one page. It was a long sales letter. And the bottom it had uh, a buy now button. I think it was actually through PayPal. And I sold basically all the bottles. I think I think I have maybe two bottles left. Um, the site's been down actually for a year now. I cause just because I it's not something I wanted to focus on. Yeah. Mainly because the downsides of it. If anyone's thinking about getting the clone business, it's a pain in the butt to ship cl- you know, fragile glass liquids. And especially because for whatever reason, most of my orders were international. So people in Germany loved it for whatever, you know, crazy reason. I didn't even really market to them. Um, and they wanted to order, you know, these glass bottles of liquid and they want me to send it internationally, which you know, just always got held up in customs. And that's mainly the reason why I stopped. The margins were actually really good. I think per bottle, it cost me maybe $7 per bottle and it was selling for $47. Uh, so the market was really good. Yeah. Uh, shipping wasn't that much because they're pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, and it cost me, you know, very little to get started with it uh, because of the small minimum order. Um, in fact, uh, someone emailed me. What's your minimum order with that cosmetic vendor? I mean, that uh, fragrance vendor. That one was 100 bottles, I believe. Wow. Or actually, it might have been less, actually. Because, yeah. you know, with cosmetics, it, you know, you're looking at, it depends. Yeah. It, obviously, everything different, but, you know, status quo is normally thousand unit runs yeah you know, and yeah. i think the, the guy i was sitting next to on the plane his company needed a thousand yeah. and i you know even though maybe it was a better company i would have gotten a better packaging or whatever mm-hmm. 
I was like, well, I don't want to invest that much in the beginning. So let me, let me find a, a smaller vendor. Um, so the, the label wasn't as beautiful. The bottle was the, a kind of a generic, but it was a turnkey. They could do everything. They for did you. everything for wow. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, we could talk about what's the best way to get started or what's the worst way to get started. But, you know, that as I, you know, kind of mature in my career as an entrepreneur, I realized you know, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. You know, you can do whatever the hell you <laughs> want. Okay. And like the more I grow, you know, the more I realize I want to do things more and more differently from my competitor. So, you know, like you said, you just did it. You just launched it. I think that's the most important thing. Just get something out the door. And then, you know, it. I guess you could say, you wouldn't say that business failed. You just kind of quit doing it because you moved on to better yeah. ventures. Right? I mean, I definitely didn't lose yeah. money on it. I, mm-hmm. I made money from it. I just decided, hey, you know, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people that talk about kind of just failing forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's good, you know, by like doing this. You know, even if you might, you might fail, like Chiefs might even fail one day, you know, but, you know, through doing, through the process of running the business and kind of, you know, for two years now, you know, if it were to fail, I would have, you know, it would be totally worth it, (laughs) you know? I mean, that's what I really like about all the businesses I start. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever invested more than a couple hundred dollars starting a business. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, and without the internet, that would not be possible. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's it's an almost insane if you think about it because, you know, if I, if I invest $500 in a business and it doesn't do well, what did I lose? I probably didn't even lose $500 because I probably made back at least that much. So I probably personally, I've, I've you know, in the past five years, I've started and, you know, moved on from at least five or 10 different little random projects like that where I've spent, you know, a couple hundred bucks or less made back that amount of money or made a little bit of profit and decided, hey, this isn't really something I want to do. And because of that, you know, I gained tons of experience, um, you know, kind of had fun doing it. And now that I found something I actually enjoy doing, uh, I'm, I'm good at it now and it comes easy. So I definitely recommend to anyone listening, just do something, just start something. Um, it's, it's a free education. And, you know, as long as you're not spending more than a couple hundred bucks in it, it's, you know, it's the greatest way to, oh, to it's learn. The best. Better than anything you learn in school or in a day job than that. You know, I think what you said, you know, think about where you were today with the, with the business that you're in right now. You know, would you ever start that business if you didn't start these little three or four hundred, five hundred dollar projects that you had done before? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I really don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, dude, it's been really, really cool talking to you, Will. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, me as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if uh, people want to order your product or get in touch, where should they go? Yeah, so they can just email me at will at cheesefromen dot com. Um, I'm on Twitter too, Evans mm-hmm. underscore Will. It's probably not the best <laughs> profile. I need right. to change that. And uh, but yeah. you know, you can find me there. And your Instagram? Yeah, uh, cheesefromen. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So before we, I let you go. What are I always ask people this, and kind of I'm putting you this kind of on the spot for this. But yeah. what are three actionable items? It you know it doesn't matter if it's, it has to do with directly with business or health or traveling or whatever it is. What are three things that you recommend anybody listening to this start doing right away, start doing today that will help their overall overall life? Um, I would definitely start reading. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like I'm gonna. You could listen to audiobooks. You know, reading and listening to podcasts have definitely helped me. I've learned more from doing that than I ever learned in school. Um, I think also another thing that might help that I regret kind of doing. You know, I had I had some pretty good day jobs with some good you know bosses, but you know what I probably should have done in retrospect is if I really wanted to go into consumer goods, go work for someone who is doing consumer goods. You know, an entrepreneur that's you know couple years uh further down the road than you um so that's another thing i would recommend um and then one thing that's helped me too is kind of you know think about where you want to be you know think about the people you want to be around and go and hang around those people and distance yourself from people that you don't want to be around and it sounds so simple but you know in my early 20s you know it just i just really didn't do that you know it's kind of more focused on just hanging out with you know people that were not entrepreneurial and non kind of, you know, creative and stuff like that. And I think, you know, in retrospect, I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. Dude, really, really good advice and a great product. Great having you on. Uh, Everyone, thanks for listening and uh, check back next week for another great interview. And uh, Will, see ya. Peace out. (laughs) The Chief. Woo! Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, Join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. 
See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.